Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Very good. Good to be here. Good to be preaching second service with you guys. And if you're new to Thrive and you came to the first service, the second service is pretty much the same message. So I hope that you're going to be excited for that. Um, But it's really cool what God's doing at this time. Actually, uh, I just want to share a little vision that, uh, well, not a little vision, but a a vision that I think was significant that Jared and Aaron Lamborn had when they were praying uh, about two weeks ago. They were praying in here together. uh, And um, they both saw the same thing at the same time. And they were looking it into each other's eyes. I'm not sure why, but they were, apparently. And they watched each other age right in front of them, physically age and become old men. And then, uh, and then they were like, ugh. And then, um, <laughs> that was terrible. And then they became young again. And um, sort of been musing on what this, because uh, they both saw the same thing at the same time. And I was like, wow, like that's amazing that that happened. And so I've just been thinking about that. And um, just, I, I really believe I just need to say what is on my heart for that. And that is that I believe there's going to be an acceleration of wisdom at Thrive. There's an acceleration of wisdom. Uh, it's irrelevant and irrespective to your age and stage in life. Uh, and and the, like gray hair is, uh, is associated with wisdom in the Bible and Proverbs. And so I believe God's saying that, you know, you, you ask for wisdom. The Bible says, ask for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. It says actually first, ask God for wisdom. You know, if you're facing anything in life, make sure that you go to the source of all knowledge, understanding, power, grace, you know, he wants to equip every single one of us to bring an acceleration of his purposes around our lives at this hour. And I'm, I'm excited to be on this uh, journey with each one of you guys. Uh, so he's, he, that's a good word, eh? I was like, come on, this is, this is good. Hey, uh, yesterday I, um, I went to a 40th birthday party. I'm kind of at that age and stage now. I've been through the, uh, you know, the whole 21st and then all the babies get born and then the 30th. And yeah, I'm around the 40 mark now. So um, a friend in Blenheim who I grew up with uh, and great friends actually lived up the road and, and uh, we used to hang out uh, on the weekend Saturdays. We were around there. We'd watch WWF wrestling together, like videoed from the night before and it was cool, and, um, and their, their family were uh, really awesome at taking my brother Duncan and I out on family day trips, and, and, um, and there was something about Mrs. Henderson, that was her name, that was just a little bit different to, to the environment that I grew up in uh, from a, quite a religious setting at home. I mean, my parents are awesome, and they've just gone on for, for Jesus, and I'm so excited what God's doing in their lives, but at that stage, we were just a Sunday church family, and, and we didn't talk about God, we didn't pray, we didn't do anything like that, but when I go around to the Hendersons, I would just have the sense of like, God's alive, and Radio Rima would always be on with the awkward songs, and, uh, and uh, it was like, but God was alive, and I remember um, it was one time uh, I was driving home. I'd been picked up by Mrs. Henderson from Boys Brigade, whoop, whoop, and, uh, and I just asked her some things about God, and she started talking about the Holy Spirit, and I just remember at that time just an awakening in me. It wasn't like a complete revelation, but I just, I just something happened around my life where I, and it went from me knowing that God was 
beyond there to he was real and he could be with us. And um, I got to see Mrs. Henderson yesterday, and I haven't seen her for 20-odd years. And I was able to say to her, hey, you know, this is what happened in my life because you spoke, you just said a few words, the environment that you set in your home it was so precious. And, and I just want to thank you um, for your, and honor you for what, you know, what you've imparted to me. And she just cried, and I actually cried a little bit too because I just kind of cry on request and demand. And, and so... Um, so, yeah, and she was so thank you so much for sharing that with me. And I just want to be, encourage you uh, to continue to speak life over kids, uh, whether they're your own children or your, your friends, your children have got friends over. Like, you just don't know the power of your words. You know, the Bible said that, says that none of his words will return void. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you this morning before I actually start my message. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh. Uh, so we're kicking off our series here uh, uh, called True Riches at this time. And so this is our first uh, week on True Riches. True Witches. And um, oh dear. And, and so this is, this is an exciting series because I believe that God wants to unlock uh, some new dimensions of accessing His resources through this series, and and not just for the sake of uh, having more, but uh, but for actually or accumulating, but just because we want to be connected to His heart, to His plans, and to see His vision and dream for our town, our families, our region, just outroll, just roll out, just like he is God, He's a now God, and He wants to do some things now. So I want to remind you this morning, by I want to start with reminding you about who you are, who you are in God, and why you are here. And out of this, we're going to unpack why we need to have true riches flowing through our lives. So Genesis 1.26, it says this, simply that, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. It's good, eh? Stop and just receive that. That you are not created uh, by accident, by chance, by uh, just because your parents got uh, happy. Uh, you are created. You came through your parents. You came through their, through their lives, through Christ Jesus, because he said, I want you. I want a Luke, I want him on guitar. You know, I want a Jared, I want him holding the microphone up the front of church. I want an Alan Rennie if he's here. Uh, I need him, he's, he's going to be assigned for my purposes out there. I, I, I need people to represent who I am to this world. That's why he's, I love this. He sets the scene in Genesis and says, I'm going to make humanity like me. And he, so he created us in that time to be loaded full and bursting at the seams with every aspect of who he is. And, and then we know that sin entered the world and it all just kind of went downhill from there. But Christ came back and he's given uh, humanity a second chance to return turn to Eden, a second chance to, to receive every good thing that He has prepared for us and for His children. And I want to propose to you today that it didn't start with the Big Bang. It started with a BHAG. It started with a big, holy, audacious God with an assignment for humanity. That's how he, it started with him. He is the beginning. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And everything, every good thing is going to come through him, through our lives. And we are, we're like the tap to release who he is to this world. And so right from the get-go, he said, I want you to be like me. I want you to be in my likeness. I want you to be full of strength. I want you to be full of my values. I want you to be full of my creativity. I want you to be full of my desire 
life for justice. And I want you to be full of generosity. And so then we, many, many thousands of years pass by and the New Testament is happening here. And then Paul has received Christ radically. And then he's preaching to the, the church of Corinth. And he's saying the same thing in a different way to this church. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, it says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though Christ was making an appeal through us. He's speaking through our lives. He's got something to say. The image of God just wants to start communicating through who we are as ambassadors from Him. An ambassador is assigned to live beyond the borders of their home country. And Christ has chosen us to reflect and reveal His incredible nature on planet Earth. It's a good thing. Tell your neighbor, you're a good thing. You know, he didn't, he didn't, he doesn't create us just to be like heaven's pizza delivery service when it's like, you know, 0800, 777, just go deliver something to that person, leave it at their doorstep and then walk away. He, he isn't just, he doesn't say just be a messenger. He's saying, be the message, reveal who I am to this world. And we are image bearers of him. And I want to just extend an invitation to every life here today to be an image bearer of Christ Jesus, to accept him as your Lord and Savior and, and receive the, the, the new creation you, a better version of yourself <laughs> is what he's got in mind for our lives to reveal his majesty and goodness to the world. You know, an ambassador lives beyond the borders of their home country. They're not a citizen of, or not necessarily a citizen of their country of assignment. An ambassador cannot go bankrupt unless his country of origin goes bankrupt because an ambassador does not live off the economy of their assigned country. They live off the economy of the, their uh, country of citizenship. Does that make sense? Come on. An ambassador does not live off the economy of their assigned country. And we are ambassadors created in His image to reveal what is happening in heaven's world. Our, our resources are ultimately dependent upon heaven's decisions, on heaven's flow and heaven's purposes being flowing through our lives. Because when you came to Christ, the kingdom of heaven became our country of origin. And that is an environment without limitations. In 2 Corinthians 9.8, it says this, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So why do we need God's financial blessings and resources to flow through our lives? It's because He is calling us to complete our own personal BHAG. He's got a BHAG for you. He's got a big, hairy, audacious, good work. He has got, and He wants to connect you to this good work so that His provision for the vision can flow through our lives. And I want to say, you know, whether this is by natural means or supernatural means, His Word says that there is an abundance, an abundance 
abundance. That's a lot. That's more than just a little bit or half full. It's actually an overflowing measure. When you've got abundance, you're laden. Everyone say laden. We're going to be laden with every good work that God has called us to do. We are that channel for His riches to flow through. Come on. I just want to highlight three big, hairy, audacious good works that happened in the Bible that required a kingdom wealth vision and required the individual to say, I'm ready to step up and let heaven's resources flow through my life. And we'll start with Noah. He was, um, he was the dude who built the ark. We all know that, don't we? We know the story. And it was the biggest boat building project that had ever been undertaken up to that point. I don't know if there has ever been a boat building project like that that just had animals. It was just for every animal uh, in all of creation. But this would have required more timber and resources and hard work and diligence and, and, and the, uh, the outworking of God's purposes to flow through Noah's vision required heaven's resources. It required something to be got and something to be received. So something great to be, uh, could be built. And why Simply because Noah was directed by God, humanity needed a, a boat or they were going to face extinction. So Noah built, had a BHAG, King David's BHAG. He gathered incredible wealth for the temple. Apparently, it was about $87 billion worth in today's money. And, and this place was an, going to be an incredible uh, environment where, where man would meet God, where priests would go in and sacrifices were made. And the name of God, the name of the Lord, would be made famous at this time. And so why? Because God had commissioned David to build, uh, to actually take the money for the temple. He actually commissioned Solomon to build the temple because he wanted his name to be made famous, not just so he could pat himself on the back and say, job well done, God. No, because he knew that humanity need him as Lord. Humanity need to see an image of how great he is. And so that was uh, David's BHAG, his commission. Nehemiah, I love Nehemiah's uh, big, hairy, audacious, good work. Um, he was a man on a mission to restore a city. And the, the city was Jerusalem, and the walls were broken down. And you read the book of Nehemiah, and he upcycled the old wall. He got new resources and material, and he positioned the whole of Israel around the wall, building and protecting the wall that was built. And, and Nehemiah, he was this man who was motivated out of the heartbeat of God for his nation and his community. He was motivated by compassion and he wanted to see this nation have a home again. See, they had great big BHAGs, these guys, and they had the resources and the blessings that flowed through them to their vision because they connected themselves to the heartbeat of God for others. They connected themselves to the heartbeat of God, knowing that God would supply all of their needs for the vision that they had. So you're thinking there today, man, well, God's probably not going to ask me to build a big boat. I'd probably be dead by the time I finished it or maybe put a wall around Rangiora. That's just going to be awkward. Uh, or build like a big $87 billion temple. You know, that's not relevant for our hour. But God is asking us 
to do something amazing. You might pioneer a great work. You might be someone who comes alongside a great work and says, you know, hey God, how can I support the mission and the vision that you're calling me to? And I want to share a testimony this morning from someone in this church family um, that did it. Oops, I just turned my iPad off somehow. Uh, it's just a great testimony, a great step of faith. And I want uh, you guys just to catch a hold of the heartbeat of this. For almost three years, I was going through a marriage breakup. One of the outcomes of this, uh, of this was that it meant we had to sell our family home. One Sunday, Chris, the senior pastor at the time, spoke about his God-inspired dream that Thrive would have a building of its own. That Sunday, Chris talked about the power of a vision and the importance of having a first follower, someone who has the courage and passion to partner and agree with the leader's vision. After the service, Glenn and Chris formed a prayer tunnel and invited people who had felt impacted by the message to come through. I stepped out of my seat and into the aisle, and as I approached Chris and Glenn, I asked myself, but what do I have to give? The second I stepped into the prayer tunnel, a voice said, you can give the money that is left over from the sale of your house. My house was on the market at the time. I instantly wanted to agree and partner with that voice and felt something plant in my spirit. But the process of selling my home and selling, uh, settling finances was a long, painful one. I kept giving my pain and worry over to God and declaring His perfect will over my circumstance. I had great support from my friends, and I knew they were carrying me in prayer when I could not. And my heart remained hopeful that God would be victorious in this situation. It was uncertain the amount of money that I would receive, but the number 45 kept coming to me. At last the time came. The money was in my account, and the sum remaining after settling costs of, uh, for the sale was $45,000. This was the amount God wanted me to give I was so excited. At the time, I realized that leading up to this point, God had been preparing me and placing promises and truths in my heart. On the outside, what I was doing looked crazy. A solo mum giving all her money away with two children and not a lot of money. But God had been doing other things in my heart. He had been teaching me that I do not need to store my riches here on earth but instead invest my treasures in the beautiful kingdom of heaven. God also reassured me that He is my security and provider, and He alone can abundantly meet the needs of me and my children. So when the day came, I felt proud to be a daughter of the King, that I could make a statement to Him. And my statement said, I am thankful to be your daughter, and I am privileged to partner with you in your great works, for you are the maker and the giver of all good things. This is amazing. I'd sacrificed the possibility and my desire of being able to own my own home by giving the money to thrive. And in my heart, I was totally at peace with that. A year or so later, my mum called me out of the blue and to tell me about a house that was for sale, and she thought we could go for a look through. That house is now my home, and I was able to make up a deposit from the money that God asked me to hold back. The thing is, God doesn't make mistakes. He knows exactly what He's doing, and we can trust Him completely. So if I may... I would love to encourage you to partner with our crazy, wild, extravagant, fun, and loving Father. Ask Him the question, what do I have to give? 
and dare to wait for his reply. He will never leave or forsake you, but love you, protect you, and provide for you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that risky? Isn't that a, an incredible step of faith and obedience to the voice of God? And I want to propose to you that that is a BHAG. That is a mother of a BHAG right there. This person is a first follower. It said, I, wanna, I, I agree that Thrive is going to have its own church home. And I'm not going to talk much about that today, but I, I want to say that I know there's going to be second followers and third followers and fourth followers. And we're going to be a church that gets in behind God's heartbeat for this community, whether it's a, a church building or whether it's outreaching and more pastors or whatever we're doing. But we've got a call to see this community uh, just come into the fullness of the revelation of God's love. And it takes stuff, it takes resources to see that dream come through. And he does something incredible in our own lives when we give over something that doesn't make sense because just because he said to. He wants to grow each one of us into the fullness of maturity in Christ. You know, once upon a time, about 10 million people had a big, hairy, audacious goal ahead of them. They wanted to escape the oppression and slavery uh, that their families had lived under for hundreds and hundreds of years and to find a new home, a home where their kids could grow up in freedom and enjoy. So with the help of their, their father, they miraculously busted free from their oppressors. And they were uh, extended an invitation by him into a new homeland, a land of plenty. Twelve spies were sent out and returned from the land of plenty. And amazing evidence uh, of what was in store for them was gathered with the good news of their promised inheritance. But it was a land where giants uh, lived. And the light, and as they thought about the giants and as they talked about the giants, the light of the promise from the Father dimmed. And the sound of his voice dulled, and the memory of their miraculous salvation from slavery faded. As the shadow in their hearts that were cast, that was cast by the giants, uh, grew larger. So this nation was left in the wilderness, uh, and they were left behind for 40 years in the land of in betweens. It's in Numbers 14 if you want to read the story. But the nation of Israel, they were unable to receive the great inheritance that was on offer to them. You know, in front of every big, hairy, audacious, good work or grace work that God is calling us to, we have to face our own big, hairy, audacious perspective, worldview, security, fears. There's something that is going to be opposing uh, the good work that God is calling us to. We live in a climate that is a spiritual warfare climate, and the devil wants to hold you back from the inheritance that you are called into. And so I just want to finish today with three action points uh, for us to complete our BHAG, three mindsets that we need to adopt so that we can see His kingdom flow through and bring liberation to where we're being called to. The first one is, is number one, is be an ambassador for Christ. 
Make peace with the fact that you're created in the image of God. You're created in, through Christ Jesus. Uh, you are brought into the fullness of, of heaven's intent for our lives. And you're, you're here on planet Earth representing heaven. You're a citizen of heaven. And your resources are not dependent upon what you have in the bank, your qualification, what you didn't do, and the regrets that you have around your life. Your qualification through, comes through Christ Jesus, and you are the image bearer of the Father and the kingdom of heaven. Take up your assignment as an ambassador for Christ, whether you're at high school, whether you're in the workplace, whether you're a mum or dad, you are on assignment. It's an assignment of joy and freedom and liberation and risk and, 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 and there's a contending. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be glorious. It's a glorious assignment. When I prepare a message for a Sunday, Sometimes I'm a mess. Sometimes on Saturday night at like 11, 30, 12 o'clock, I'm like, I'm honing this thing going, God, I just want this to, I want to deliver something that is, that is, carries your heart. You know, I, I prepare, I think, I dwell, I meditate on what God is saying. And that's not all that fun sometimes. <laughs> I'd rather be chilling out. <laughs> Truth be known. In that moment, but in the big picture, no way. I want to take up my assignment. I want to take up my call. I want to say yes to the struggle, to the tension, to the, I like the rest stuff. I like, come on, let's, let's let the rest of Jesus flow through our lives. But at times, we've just got to work. We've got good works to do. It doesn't say we've got to just do good rests. It says we've got to do good works. And so uh, we find uh, our assignment, we find our good works that God is preparing for us as ambassadors of Christ. Number two, uh, to confront and, uh, and, and see that BHAG happen around your life is be prepared to face the enemy of your promises. Uh, the Israelites, they looked at the promised land, but they were unable to enter in because they couldn't make a trust transition. They couldn't take their eyes off the size of, of the giants. And, and instead, they just relied on their own life experience or, or upon what their neighbor was doing. And what their neighbor was saying is their greatest reference point uh, of the evidence of their safety and their security. And they didn't, they didn't reference trusting God to the source of where their victory uh, lay. So, you know, if we can't transition our trust from the size of our giants onto the promises that we have from the Father, we're going to remain in the land of in-betweens. We're going to come out of slavery because Jesus, man, Christ busted us out of slavery. He liberated us. But we're going to take a hold of that for which he's taken a hold of us. Come on. We're going to take a hold of something and see that those things that intimidate us, the fear and, and, and the insecurities are, are laid down because there's something greater that stands beyond that. The Father's reach is higher and greater and wider and deeper and longer and, you know, all that. You can't be separated from Him, it says in Romans 8. Number three, don't limit God when you're in the wilderness. The nation of Israel was, they were looking at the promised land from the wilderness. 
And that was a place of uncertainty. That was where they were. And I don't know where you're at today, whether you're in a wilderness season, you're in a hallway where you're like, I'm not in one room or the other room, and I'm, I'm somewhere stuck in between. This is often the place of testing where we need to constantly reset our hearts on what true north is. What is your compass? What is your true north? Where are you, who actually has the greatest voice into your life when you don't know where you're going? And I want to uh, just encourage you to not limit God when you can't see your breakthrough. Let His Word be your greatest encouragement. Let your friendships, like in that testimony, you know, that was, I was sharing, they were like, man, I just, I don't know if I'm going to do that. And, and, and the testimony said, you know, that at that time, people were carrying me in prayer and there was friendship and there was connection. There was heart connection there and, and this place of testing. And so we're all going to go through this, but let him be your true north. I just want to remind you that our joy and our peace is not dependent on what we have, but on who we have. In summary, God is good. (laughs) We're good. He's got lots of good stuff. And he wants to release his goodness through our lives. You know, every man, woman, child, uncle, auntie, everyone could see the promised land. Everyone was there and everyone was invited in to, to receive their promise. And no one misses out from the promises of God, the heartbeat of God. But, uh, you know, abundance is one of those faces of, of the diamond. You know, a diamond is a beautiful, beautiful gem, and it's made up of multiple face facets, I suppose you could say. And the facet of abundance is another dimension that reflects who Christ is through us to our world. And I want to ask you today to join with us believing and receiving who He is and releasing His goodness to our world. Can you please stand with me? I just want to lead you in a prayer this morning. And you can make this prayer your own. Maybe just put your hand on your heart. Holy Spirit, we just give you thanks this morning that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that you're the source of everything, that we're created in your image. And so, Father, today we surrender our ability to make our lives work by ourselves. We turn to you as our true source of provision. Forgive us for comparing ourselves to others. Their lives are not a commentary of my successes or failures. Today I give to you my financial frustrations, my disappointments, my injustices, and every offense and bitterness that I've been holding on to in regard to my unfulfilled dreams. I lay this at your feet today, Lord. And I I receive your grace. It's sufficient for me in this hour. And I ask that you would restore my vision today. I receive your healing. Shift the perspectives that are just wrong thinking and and open my heart up to, to the vision that you have for my life today. 
for every faith dream that has intimidated me. Today, again, I say yes to. I say yes to my call. I say yes to who I am. And I say, I give you thanks today for this time that I'm alive and to where I'm going. Let your kingdom be released through me. Let your image be glorified in my life. I pick up my appointment, my BHAG. (laughs) Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz.